1: Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Frank Stample here with you on the show. We got you till one o'clock here on the East. I am back in studio here in South Florida. We got Frank at the FanDuel Sportsbook in New Jersey. Chris Pavona is producing this show. And thanks for tuning in once again today. We've got our preview of the Detroit Tigers coming up in about fifteen minutes from now. So we'll get into everything that you can expect from a fantasy perspective with the Tigers and. Uh, man, I am hoping that this is not my last team preview. <laughs> what a, a wild uh, scenario that's playing out right now with, uh, with all of the sports in, uh, in and around the country. I mean, to this point, one of the great things uh, about spring training is the ability to be able to uh, interview players, talk to them, and potentially give you guys a little bit of an insight as to what you can expect this coming season from the clubs. And as you know, or you may not know, last night there was an announcement, uh, as first reported by Jeff Passon of ESPN, that uh, no reporters are allowed in uh, in the clubhouse anymore. And I know that for those of you watching, this is probably not something that you find particularly interesting. And I and I get that, and I understand it because, really, from Uh, What we do here at SportsGrid is kind of just like sort of reacting to everything and discussing and going back and forth on all of these different topics. But as a reporter and somebody who does this a lot, it makes it extremely difficult to try and get interesting stories and try and develop relationships and and bring you guys as much information as possible. Now, under the circumstances, I think that we uh, understand it and we get it because the coronavirus is obviously serious and all of the restrictions are health-based, but uh, we're hoping, and I think the group of reporters are hoping, that this does not become something that is full-time, where, simply put, players would just be done and go to a podium. It just kind of ruins any kind of development of relationships or anything else. And, And I think that the other point that I wanted to bring up Is that for anybody, wherever you work, whether you work at Sports Grid, you're a host, you're a producer, or you do anything else, think about this to yourself. If somebody tells you that your job is going to be harder, and if you are doing something at your job, and I tell you, ah, it's no big deal, and you work at your job, and you say it's going to be harder, I feel bad for you. And so everybody in my field I kind of feel bad for as well hopefully we'll still be able to cover this the way that we want to we'll be back after the sports update with the latest in fantasy baseball don't go away
2: well Craig we take a look at some spring training notes Gary Sanchez did not take batting practice Tuesday as he was previously scheduled that makes it the third straight day that Sanchez had been scheduled to take batting practice but didn't wind up doing so The hope was that he would play this Friday. It would seem that's going to get pushed back again by the Yankees. Astros manager Dusty Baker admitted Tuesday that he's unsure whether Jordan Alvarez will be ready for opening day. The hope was that Alvarez would return to Great Fruit League action on Wednesday. That does not seem to be the case anymore. He's battling soreness in both of his knees. The NFLPA and NFL Management Council agreed to extend the franchise transition tag deadline to 11.59.59 a.m. on Monday, March 16th. Initially scheduled to come to a close on Thursday, March 12th, this updated deadline takes place after the CBA ratification vote. According to multiple reports, the rest of the league calendar Remains the same. The Steelers and Cowboys will play in the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio on August 6th. With their schedules officially set to kick off in the league's first preseason game, both teams will have five preseason tune ups before entering the regular season. With Bill Cower and Jimmy Johnson entering the Pro Football Hall, it's not shocking to see these teams chosen for this game. Nine games in the National Basketball Association tonight will roll through some of the best. The Celtics at the Pacers at 2.14 over under Boston, minus 3. For that one. Timberwolves at the Rockets. We'll see if the Rockets small ball lineup can get it going again at 245 and a half over under minus 12 and a half in favor of Houston. It's been a rough and rocky road over the past few games for Houston. Mavericks and Spurs. In San Antonio, Dallas, minus three and a half, 227 and a half over under. And the Nets try to figure things out after firing Kenny Atkinson, pardon me, a mutually parting of ways. Nets are at Lakers. Lakers, minus 10 and a half at 222 over under. I'm Dan and This has been your Sports Grid News Update.
1: All right, thank you very much, Dan. And we'll hear back from Dan coming up at the top of the hour with the latest of everything going on in baseball. Now let's bring in my co-host. Frank Stamfel to discuss the fantasy baseball topics and everything we got going on today. Frank, good morning. Good to see you.
3: Good to hear from you. Good to talk to you. What's going on? What's going on, Craig? It's a beautiful day out here in the New Jersey, New York area. Seriously, we're at like 65 degrees right now, which means we're getting closer to the start of the baseball season. I had to start off the day, uh, the show here with some positive news because it seems like everything else that we're about to get to is quite negative. How are you doing, Craig?
1: I'm doing very well. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, are you sold now on my idea of not drafting uh, until the end of March? Like, have, as, have I not convinced you at this point, Frank, that you're literally throwing your money away until mid March, the end of March, or am I have I not convinced you yet?
3: Oh, Craig, you you didn't you didn't need to do much. I agreed with you all along. It's just. I'm crazy, <laughs> which is what I have said all along as well, is that, you know, I like to see where these players are going, you know, way that ADP is trending. And I guess that there are ways that you can do that without being part of the drafts. But I don't know, man. I, I just like to have some type of uh, draft action at all times okay. at this point okay. in the season okay. as on. we ramp up for real drafts. Uh, but Hold I on. always agreed with you.
1: <laughs> Listen, but, but what is the fair argument against me at this point? Like, who, is, who can possibly tell me? At this point that it is wise to do anything before a week before the season or even right before. I, I mean, w- what's what's the benefit of it? The benefit of it is to get your guy three rounds earlier before anybody else does. But you lose like three of your picks before that. I, I, I'm done. Like I, there's no argument against me at this point. Am I right or no?
3: I oh, know, I agree with you, and I, I have agreed with you uh, all along, but I think, look, what you said is what it comes down to, right? It's, you know, some of these players that we're seeing the helium on now, Luzardo, Gallon, Max Freed, you know, if you drafted back in January, you could have got those guys in like the 10th, 11th, 12th round. Now you got to pay up like a seventh or eighth round price tag. But you're right, and we spoke about this, you know constantly here on the show is that for every couple of rounds of value that you get on some players that are going in the middle or late rounds of drafts you're losing a bunch of names at the top which we are about to talk about right now so I agreed with you all along look at I realize that what I'm doing uh, is crazy in drafting early but I do like to have skin in the game um, you know while we're we're talking about it here throughout the course of February and March Uh, but I do realize that what I'm doing is crazy Craig yes
1: no, I and I understand that, and and look, some of it is for fun, and there's a little bit of money thrown at it as well. But um, and look, this is this is coming from somebody. See, that's that's a difference with me is that look, we're doing a show here, and it's predominantly around fantasy baseball. Uh, and here on Sports Grid, on the TV side, I think I started probably re- almost in, a month into it. But on the radio side, really, we started kind of talking back uh, baseball back in January. Um, but I have no agenda. I'm not selling anything. Uh, I I could care less. Uh, you know, my interest, of course, is to have you guys watch the show and have you guys learn and try to get educated and make the best decisions possible. But I am I am not going to sit here and be a phony and tell you that oh yeah, you should tune in to me in January. You should tune in to me in February, early February, and start drafting right now based on the information I give you. You'd be an idiot to do it. I'm not going to do that. I just I'm not. So. Uh, You know, maybe that hurts the overall view of what it is, but in terms of fantasy, I've always tried to keep it real uh, through the years on this, and this is really the only way that I know how to do it, is to keep it real. So, all right, let's dive in. Who else is hurt, Frank? (laughs) Who who else is out here now in the uh, the first five rounds? (laughs)
3: Take take your pick, man. Take your pick, because we got some news yesterday on Justin Verlander after the show. After the show ended, we got Justin Verlander with the lat injury. He's shut down. We don't have a timetable for him. Clearly, not going to be ready for opening day. Uh, you called that yesterday on the show, and we had yeah, you call when you in uh, yeah, as you well. You're done. Alv-
1: yeah. You asked me. You said, "Craig, uh, yeah, like, and look, and see." That's the difference between me being there. Uh, you know, and like, like literally, you know, two minutes before I'm on the show, I'm right outside the Astros clubhouse, right? And so you're asking me, and it's like I didn't. You know, I wasn't saying it to be demeaning or being cynical to you, but it's just that that's like the ability to be able to cover baseball and sitting there. And when every single person and every reporter is around the room and they're all like, you know, like the information's like starting to come in. We know we're going to get the information in a little bit. Uh, I didn't go into the clubhouse or anything like that, but I knew at that moment that you asked me, I'm like, oh, like, like I'm here. Like I just know that this is going to be a month, you know? And that's why I could tell you that you could downgrade him. Uh, Michael Conforto is another one we shouldn't probably be drafting right now. Frank, what's the latest with him?
3: Yeah, Michael Conforto has been sent back to uh, New York because he tweaked his side, whatever that might be. So we might be dealing with an oblique injury here uh, with Michael Conforto. And, you know, that might mean more playing time for guys like Jake Marisnyk, maybe Yohannes Cespedes starts to crack the lineup here for the New York Mets as well. Uh, But Conforto seemed like he was finally healthy last year, put up a big season, 33 home runs, around seven, eight stolen bases. Uh, And it seemed like, you know, he was kind of on that path to uh, potentially a breakout season here in 2020, but now headed. Back to New York, so we'll have to kind of play this one by ear. But uh, we don't have a timetable when it comes to Michael Conforto as well.
1: All right, great. So all great news to start the show today. But really, here is the great news on the show. Today. <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to be able to accomplish over the next couple of weeks. You know what I do, and I do best. No one in the country is doing these shows that is trying to answer questions that you have about your teams. That's what I'm doing. I'm finding all this stuff out now. There. They're trying this they're trying to keep us out. I'm gonna keep fighting all the way right up until opening day but we also have to be realistic at this point and understand I can't get in there and ask questions. This is I gotta shout questions now from afar and I don't I don't know what I'm gonna be able to accomplish, but I'll do my best uh, via text or or however it is. But on this show today we'll have more news. We'll update you on the Detroit Tigers. They're still playing baseball this year in Detroit by the way. So we'll give you the latest on them, who will lead off, who will be their closer, and is this Miggy Cabrera stuff legit with a return in 2020? We'll be right back with all of that here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsCrit. Don't go away.
0: DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRodo.com optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join dailyroto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank stanford Up must come down. Three up, three down. What does three up and three down mean to you, Airman? End of inning. All
1: right, welcome back, to Fantasy Sports. Today it's time for a little three up, three down here on the show. Here are the trending topics that are going on in the world of sports, in the world of news, in the world of entertainment. We're going to cover it all here on this show. Try to stay positive amidst all of this uh, stuff going on around the country, really. A bummer, honestly. (laughs) This coronavirus has got me bummed out. No doubt about that. All right, let's keep it positive. Keep it positive. Okay, uh, trending up. Orlando Arcia, five spring home runs for Orlando Arcia. Is there a chance that maybe some spring has been... Some swing path has changed. Has something been discovered there? It's really interesting for me to see because Arcia, if you remember two or three years ago, I mean, we were talking about this kid, like he was 15, 20 home runs, maybe 70 runs driven in, 10, 15 stolen bases. It hasn't happened at all for him, like at all for him. In fact, it looks like the Brewers are maybe even trying to go a different direction here or there. But once upon a time, he was a uh, top prospect. Is he like a post-type sleeper at this point? Long way to go in the spring. Really hard to look at any numbers and say that this is legitimate. I've been down this road with so many players before. I'm not going to go down it again. But at least it's a positive sign that Arcia is hitting a little bit in the spring and potentially is going to be on the opening day. 26-man roster, by the way. Not 25. Anybody who says 25, that's out. 26 guys now make teams. Keep that in mind, especially in your ALNL-only leagues, for sure. Uh, Kwang Hyung Kim. Make sure I get that right. Kwang Hyung Kim, a couple weeks ago. Uh, saw him pitch in spring training, looked really good. I was very disappointed last Sunday. I waited till the very end. He's sitting there on my list to, to take him, and uh, and I didn't get him. I've got him in every other fantasy league so far, uh, and it wasn't really just based on that start. It's just based on the fact that Miles Michaelis is hurt. They really don't have a lot of other options, and you guys know this by now. If you pay attention to baseball, when these guys come from overseas, the pitchers, That first year, they're always pretty good. They have that deception, and they pitch well. There are always exceptions to the rule, of course. uh, Kikuchi last year was one of them with Seattle. But in general, go back and look at history. Uh, Hiroki Kuroda, Daisuke Matsuzaka, the starters have success the first time they get to the big leagues. It's after the first time, and after the first 15 or 20 starts, things change. But you're talking about getting a guy at the end of a draft for a dollar or two or in a reserve round. I'm taking this kid, Kim, on the Cardinals everywhere. He'll be their fourth or fifth starter. First month of the season. Who's he gonna be going against? The fourth and fifth starter of another team. And he could be better than them. So he's trending up for me, no question. His ADP should be a lot higher than it is right now. And then over to the NFL for a minute. I got to believe that Tom Brady likes what's going on, honestly. Like, he could have made a decision already, but he's keeping us all guessing. And you know what? After 20 years, he's really never experienced free agency. He's never experienced the world interested as to what he may or may not do. And I think he's getting a kick out of it. And I think that that's fine. He deserves it. Look, this guy is a Hall of Famer, best quarterback of all time. And the one thing that he's never done is had the world looking at him like they do in the NBA on LeBron about free agency. Good for Tom Brady. I hope he enjoys it. That's what's trending up for me on the show this
3: morning. Frank, how about you? Tom Brady, do the right thing like Spike Lee would say and leave the uh, AFC East. Please, as a Jets fan, I'm tired of seeing Tom Brady on the New England Patriots. Plus, I just think it would be fun for football if he winds up on another team. Uh, But we'll discuss that for another day. Orlando Garcia, you mentioned the five home runs here, Craig. Uh, Very interesting. You're right, man. I mean, he was regarded as one of the top prospects in baseball just a couple of years ago a Francisco Lindor level prospect that is Orlando Garcia so let's see what happens here with the Milwaukee Brewers obviously they have Luis Urias coming back at some point uh, and they have Kesson Hira as well up the middle there so can he find enough playing time maybe somebody there moves over to third base let's see how this plays out for the Milwaukee Brewers all right trending up for me number one Fran Mill Reyes two more home runs last year Craig, this guy is just a mammoth human being, and I'm all in. I think most people are starting to buy in on Fran Reyes. The ADP is moving up the board right now. A couple of weeks ago, I got him like the 11th or 12th round. That's the advantage of drafting early, Craig. Now he's an 8th round pick in fantasy drafts. Uh, but Fran Reyes, I think if he stays healthy, we could see a 40-45 home run season out of him uh, this upcoming season. Austin Pruitt seems like he has a job now in the Houston Astros rotation with the news coming out. About Justin Verlander on uh, yesterday, Pruitt threw three innings, one hit, one walk, three strikeouts. You look at the minor league numbers here, Craig. ERA in his career in the minors. 1.16 whip. He's a ground ball pitcher. Uh, This is someone that you're only looking at in deeper leagues. These draft and hold leagues. AL only as well. As long as Justin Verlander is out, it seems like Austin Pruitt is going to have a job in the Houston Astros rotation alongside Josh James as well. Last but not least, trending up for me here today, Craig. 2K is making NFL games again, and the first one will be out in 2021. I don't know if you're a big gamer, Craig. Maybe you were a couple of years ago, a couple of decades ago, but... Back in 2005, we had NFL 2K5, Terrell Owens on the front cover of this game, and it was way before its time. It was an awesome, awesome video game. This is trending up for me. I played that game a ton. I remember back in the day I was, I don't know, what was 14, 15 years old at the time, and, you know, I played uh, I played a lot of that game and excited to see, you know, more competition is good for the video game industry. You know, maybe this might not be trending up for, uh, for the Madden series. I mean, they're going to be the juggernaut no matter what, uh, but I do like to see some competition here when it comes to the video game industry industry. So uh, NFL 2K is making a return in 2021, Craig. I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward
1: to MLB The Show coming out next week. Also looking forward to RBI Baseball. My seven-year-old son uh, pounds me in RBI Baseball on a daily basis. I try to explain to him that in real baseball, uh, uh, Jesus Aguilar should not be bunting, but he just doesn't care. And uh, I, literally have to, I, I literally have to pick... Uh, like, I have to be the Cardinals against him, or I have to be, like, an elite catcher to be able to, like, run and get the ball and throw him out at first. And then after a few of them, I'm like, see, I told you it's not a good idea. But if I forget and I pick a team with a bad defensive catcher, he just, he just he's thing, he's crushing me. All right, uh, trending down. We, t- we talked about this at the top of the show. I'm sorry that I got to uh, mention it a bunch of times throughout the day here. And, um, yeah, it's just a bummer. Um, and I get the safety, but the NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, uh, no access in the locker rooms, in the clubhouse. It, uh, it's tough. It makes our jobs a lot tougher to do what we do. And uh, and I do want to say this uh, to to people. And I think that this goes for, for everyone just in life in general as well. Is that when when someone makes a comment about their work and, and somebody... Like, I know Twitter is a popular place where people clap back and say, why do you need to be in there? What's the big deal? Or whatever. Like, I mean, that's the equivalent... Of somebody being like a doctor, a CPA, a teacher, and them going on social media or them talking about their job and saying that something makes it tougher, that in life something has happened for them, and me having no clue saying, what's the big deal? Uh, I mean, come on. Like, you have no idea. You don't do what we do. I don't do what you do. I would never comment like that. And I guess that's just what life is. People like to just crap all over everybody else. Uh, Logan Paul. Uh, all you know, he went from this this great, I guess, uh, YouTuber. He's he's just become a fighter. Uh, the other day, uh, he was knocked out by a professional UFC fighter. Of course, he's been fighting in some of these celebrity matches in the past. I mean, look, I mean, this is just Logan Paul's. Just this is not something that's easy to do. And you see, like the pseudo type millennial celebrities trying to become something else. It's it's just not going to work out. Do what you're good at, which is raise hell, go on YouTube, say whatever you're going to say, do your streams, get people all stirred up with your million followers. Fine. I I commend you for being in shape and I commend you for being an amateur boxing. But when you're talking about fighting against these UFC dudes, come on, give them no shot. Uh, Also trending down, this probably doesn't mean anything, but Ronald Acuna Jr. Frank, two for 24 with 11 strikeouts in the spring. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. Probably means nothing. I spent $50 for him in TAT Wars, whatever. But two for 24, 11 strikeouts. That's what's trending down for me today.
3: Yeah, I hope Ronald Acuna falls as a result of the uh, of the spring performance so far, two for 24 with 11 strikeouts. I'm completely with you. No worry there for me when it comes to Ronald Acuna. All right, trending down here, the D-backs are monitoring the workload for Luke Weaver this season. I think this makes a ton of sense, obviously. He only threw 64 innings last year, uh, was shut down for a large majority of the season as he was dealing with a forearm injury, uh, never threw more than 140 innings as well. I think Luke Weaver can be really good when he does start, for the Arizona Diamondbacks, but uh, just keep that in mind. You know, maybe 140, not many, not much more than that uh, in terms of projecting innings this season when it comes to Luke Weaver. All right. Uh, Manny Machado, much like Ronald Acuna, he stinks, Craig, in the spring so far. He's batting 087, two for 23. Not looking great for your tout wars team uh, so far. Labor, whatever. (laughs) I think it was labor where you wound up with Machado and Ronald Acuna. Uh, But I'm just kidding. Just continue to let this guy fall if you're worried about Manny Machado's spring because I, for one, am not my last trending down topic here Craig and I understand I agree this uh, I know the severity of the situation here with the coronavirus but this is a woman here in the northeast who her coronavirus prevention tactic is she's wearing tupperware over her head. Now, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. I mean, I tend to lean on the side that I don't really think that this is going to change things much for her, and she probably could have gone down a different route. Maybe she gets a mask like everyone else is wearing right now, but uh, this is the latest coronavirus prevention tactic, wearing a Tupperware over your head. Um, I don't think that I'm going to go that far, Craig, but hey, man, look, you got to do what you got to do. You're worried about the virus. I understand it's a very serious concern right now, but I would probably go in a different direction rather than wearing a Tupperware on my head, Craig.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that would uh, that would solve. I guess that's good if you uh, like have a fruit virus or a vegetable virus, but um, listen, <laughs> there, there are stories online that, that uh, people could do drugs and drink bleach and that and that. I mean, it's just insane uh, the amount of stuff that's going on there. But look, it's as you said, it's not to make light of it. It is very serious. I have kids, I have a family. Um, you know, my wife has a trip planned to New York that she's probably going to be canceling over the next couple of weeks. And um, and I got a vacation coming up in April, too. I'm not sure uh, what I'm going to end up doing after the season starts. But we press on. We've got our Detroit Tigers 2020 fantasy baseball preview. We'll hear from the manager of the Tigers, Ron Gardenhire, coming up next right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stample. And we're back in just a couple of minutes here on
0: Sports Today with Craig Misch and Frank Stamford.
1: And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you until 1 o'clock on the East. Yesterday we did our Kansas City Royals 2020 Fantasy Preview. You can go catch that on demand. We're posting these every day on Sports Grid. We're taking you right up until the regular season on the 26th. And today we dive into the Detroit Tigers. Yes, the Tigers, who uh, arguably did not have a good season last year, both from a reality and fantasy standpoint. But, Frank, we're going over every team, and especially the teams in Florida, I'm able to get a little bit more perspective on. So I spent the day yesterday with the Tigers that did make the trip to West Palm Beach, Florida. Now, arguably, there were not a lot of those starters. A lot of them played the day before in uh, Jupiter, which is about 30 minutes north, and then they went back to Lakeland. So I only got a handful of them yesterday. Uh, but, Frank, look, the Tigers, uh, you could say one thing about them for sure. They added, right? Like, they added two big pieces to a lineup, and I kind of feel like they're in a similar situation to Miami, Frank, in a way, because it seems like a lot of their prospects are on the pitching side. They're now going to keep have to keep adding on the hitting side, because this lineup, without a couple of big boppers, is not going to do very well.
3: Yeah, taking a look at this lineup, they don't have a plethora of young talent here, but they did add players like Jonathan Scope and with C.J. Krohn, and they do have some veterans here. Miguel Cabrera looks really good in the spring so far. Are we buying into that? We'll have to find out from Ron hire as well uh, when we play that interview for you. Cam Maven at the top here, maybe in a deeper league, AL only, made some swing changes last year. Uh, but C.J. Krohn and Jonathan Scope specifically here, Craig, uh, I think these are guys that are going way too late in drafts, even if they don't remain with the Tigers for the entirety of the team. I mean, these are guys that can each give you 25-plus home runs, and they're going well outside the top 200 as well. So uh, I think this is similar to the Orioles where, you know, this is a bad team, and you're getting these players at a value because, once again, they play on a on a less-than-stellar team here. So uh, I'm a, I am don't have a problem buying in on some of these guys later on in drafts.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that that is the key when you look at it. Uh, look, uh, Nico Goodrum last year uh, is really – you, you kind of know exactly who he is at this point, although he missed some time last year. Uh, 15 home runs, maybe 15 steals. Mabin is uh, going to be their leadoff hitter, probably. Looks like it. They'll trade him in July. That's 100%. You know, he's not going to be on the team the whole year. He's on a one-year deal. Same thing with Crone. Same thing with Scope. That's exactly how this is going to play out. The Tigers are hoping to get some value back. I mentioned, uh, you know, Miami's uh, rebuild in a way. This is very similar. Miami added some offensive pieces in Corey Dickerson and Jesus Aguilar. Well, here we are. The Tigers added C.J. Crone. They added Jonathan Scope. They're hoping to get 20-25 home runs. Uh, Jimer Candelario. Uh, a lot of discussion as to this is it. This is probably his last chance uh, out of options with the Tigers too. So if he if he wouldn't make it, perhaps Jordy Mercer is someone that they uh, signed back to a non-roster invitee. He could get some playing time. And look, let's be honest. A lot of these guys in fantasy drafts are left for American League onlys or 15-teamers, or deeper leagues as well. And that's how the uh, lineup of the Tigers uh, shakes out, at least that how we think it shakes out in 2020. Uh, the good news is to be able to expand on the conversation of the 2020 Detroit Tigers. As yesterday, I went one-on-one with their skipper, Ron Gardenhire. We covered all topics, including the top of their lineup, the Miguel Cabrera of 2020, what will he look like, and uh, and who will be their closer this coming season so uh, we'll start off with this conversation and then frank and i will react to my conversation with the skipper of the tigers there seems to be at least from afar a lot of optimism for uh a camp uh that you run your side I know you like to you know we're a loose camp and like that fun a little bit but there seems to be a lot of optimism given the names that have been brought in here this offseason
4: yeah i mean when you you know you legitimize your team when you bring in like a crone and a shoot uh, to add to the lineup guys 30 plus home runs and and uh you know what cabby's healthy so uh, with along with some kids that have another year experience so it's it's fun and we all know if our pitching does okay, we'll be okay.
1: And speaking of which, I've noticed a lot of the lineups just to kind of get into that a little bit. You've been using Maven, and you've been using Reyes at the top. Do you have a feel for which way you want to go with that well, at this
4: point? Maben should be our everyday right fielder, so he'll probably be the leadoff guy. You know, he's got that history. Ray Ray did really well for us leading off last year, and he'll get his share of it too. But when Maben's playing, I plan on him being at the top. Uh, I think he sees the ball. I think he has quality at bats, and not afraid to take a walk where Reyes is going to be swinging a little bit more. So take, you know, one or the other, uh, and we'll see how it goes. It's going to be one of those uh, kind of play-by-the-way play the they go out on a baseball field and do it. Now,
1: with Reyes, he was up and down a lot last year. I mean, quite a bit, it seemed as though. What does that say to a player that has to build confidence
5: going up and down to the minors? Well,
4: I think once he got going, I mean, we left him up there. He played pretty much every day for the last two months. I mean, he was out there somewhere on the field, very seldom did he get a day off. And you know, he had 300 and that just tells you right now he's killing the ball down here again. He's really confident and uh, he'd been beating it all over the place. So he's making a statement and uh, he's confident. Uh, this is a rule five guy that's really come a long ways.
1: In terms of the rest of the outfield at this stage, uh, how would you kind of project the way that it would look at this
4: point? Well, I mean, we're still trying to figure that out. You know, we got to get uh, Stewart going. He swung about good yesterday. Uh, you know, we're, we're hoping that he takes the job in the rounds. With the demerits come in swinging really, really well. We've got to get Jonesy on the field. We haven't seen him on the field. I mean, oh, he's been had the calf thing. So hopefully here in a couple of days, we're going to get him back on the field. So... We've got some wars going on, you know, all over. And that that's what makes it, you know, good is we actually have competition positions and people are going to have to step up and get it done.
1: With the Twins, you had a lot of athletes. You had Stan, you had Hunter, I mean, you, you ran. Uh, do you yeah. think the Tigers will run more? I know that you were 21st or
4: something. Like that. Well, baseball says, you know, stealing bases aren't that important anymore. And they'll make easy outs. but. I love that part of the game, and if we, you know, we put together the right people that can do that, then you do it. If you don't have the people that have those instincts, it's hard to do that, you know. Uh, So making silly outs just to run doesn't work. It's got to be, you know, situational. But I love it when we. My more important than stealing bases is first to third. I think that's part of the game where we get a base hit and says stop in second, force the issue and get the third base. A lot of times we shut her down at second. I wanna see him flying around the bases. That really puts pressure on the defense and that's that's exciting.
5: Yeah.
1: Um, you mentioned Biggie before, uh, last thing on the hitters. I mean, we've we've kind of heard this the last couple of years. He's come in good shape, he's been healthy. He's gonna be in the Hall of Fame, there's no question. What makes you think that potentially this year could be a year where he's on the field and he plays the entire
4: season? Well, he's really coming to shape this year, not just you can just look at him and you can you can see how much weight he's lost and how hard he worked during the winter. You can see it in his swing. His bat speed's back. Uh, now it's just about, you know, keeping him, not letting him kill himself. And I know he wants to play first base desperately, but you know, I just want to see him in the lineup. He's so much fun to watch him now that he's feeling good. So hopefully that's the goal as I said this last year, keep him on the field, not let him get out there, diving around and kill himself first base. Although he's a really good first baseman. I'm just a little nervous right now. We'll see as we go along. He's chopping at the bit to play it.
1: Okay, uh, over to the pitching. Uh, so, so much talk about all the young pitchers, and I know we'll see one today, but you're a win-now guy. I know that you want to see the team win now. So quick scouting report on what your rotation may look like. We know some of the names. Um, I asked about, uh, about Turnbull. There's a lot of talk that maybe he kind of turns a corner too Give
0: me the scouting report on Well,
4: you know, Nova brought in a leadership guy. Uh, Matt Boyd, obviously, is one of the leading pitchers. You know, uh, Norris is – uh, trying to earn a spot in there and then you got, you know, Turnbull who's throwing the living fire out of the ball. So uh, I'm missing somebody, but uh, we have a lot of young talented pitchers on the way here. We know that we're seeing them in camp and um, the thing that we have to do now is uh, Make those decisions and get those guys down there okay. pitching. We got Zimmerman's going to be one of our starters He threw the ball well yesterday, but these young pitchers like Schubel and 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 Mize and everybody, the big thing now is to get them innings and get them stretched out. Of course, I'm always looking at Al in the stands after they throw and going, like, really, are we ready? And Al's, no, we're not ready. So, you know, we're going to give them their time in AAA, but eventually you're going to see them up here in the big leagues. All
1: right. And the last, you were so blessed with having Joe Nathan for as many years as you did. Does he look like a guy? That, that could be that guy for you in the ninth? Yeah. And uh, if you wouldn't mind expanding that as to who – potentially could be the setup guy or
0: maybe potentially even a closer, if not Joe?
4: Well, I think I think Farmer has kind of stepped up and really done a really good job. Um, pitched in a lot of really big innings last year. Jimenez is going to be the closer. He's got a big power arm. Um, and, you know, it's a growing experience for him. He learned a little bit last year after uh, after we traded our closer. And then, uh, you know, but Farmer's the one that's really stepped up into that, that role of getting hand in the ball to him. And uh, we're going to build it backwards from there and those long guys in the whole package got a lot of people competing for it we like some arms some of the younger guys that are competing with some of the veterans and you know they need to get it done down here in spring training we we've, we've watched some poor performances, not throwing the ball over over people we've talked about being this pin, so they need to step up and get it done because like i said we're gonna try to win
1: all right frank so uh your takeaway from uh, from Ron Gardenhire, I thought, uh, again, some good stuff there. We now know who the leadoff hitter of the Tigers is going to be. We also know for sure who the closer is going to be. And I-, I guess maybe I shouldn't have tweeted that out <laughs> before the show. I thought that was a good little teaser now <laughs> uh, being reported everywhere. But um, those are kind of, I think, the main takeaways for me on that. What What was your takeaway?
3: Yeah, great stuff is always there, Craig. I think Cam Maven being the late uh, the leadoff man, he's going so late in drafts. He's free, even if it's for half a season uh, in those deeper leagues and AL only. Uh, you know, someone who gave you a little bit of power and speed last year, 11 homers, 9 stolen bases, changed the swing up a little bit last year when he was with the Yankees, uh, living here in the, the New York, New Jersey area. I got to watch a lot of Cameron Maven last year, and he did look revitalized. So someone that I am interested in, and as well as Miguel Cabrera. I mean, we've heard it time after time that he's in shape. Uh, but to hear it from the uh, the manager's mouth himself and Rodden Gardenhire uh, and, and all the optimism we're hearing now out of uh, camp regarding Miguel Cabrera, another one, he's free. He's going outside the top 400 in drafts right now. We know, if anything, he's still going to contribute in that batting average there, Craig. So I think we're getting some really good values uh, later on in drafts because the Tigers are just not a good team.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, uh, Guardy uh, said yesterday – uh, that they eventually do want to get uh, Miggie, uh some field time. But I can tell you this, from watching yesterday and watching their batting practice, the entire team of the Tigers is on the field. Miggy Cabrera sitting in the dugout waiting to hit. I don't think he's playing the field at all this year. We'll be back with more, including the pitching staff of the Tigers next.
0: DailyRoto.com This Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford.
3: Want to test your NCAA tournament bracket against our hosts like Gabe Morenci and Scott Farrell? Join our SportsGrid Bracket Challenge. Entering is easy. All you have to do is tweet at SportsGrid this week leading up to Selection Sunday and tell us when our show, In-Game Live, helps you win cold, hard cash. That's it. When we see that your info is all good, we'll send you a link to our Bracket Challenge once Selection Sunday is over. The prizes are pretty sweet, including free swag, a tour of Studio 34, or on-air time. As a guest spot on your favorite Sports Grid show, obviously Fantasy Sports Today. Don't miss your opportunity to be the first Sports Grid bracket winner. For more details, follow us on Twitter at Sports Grid or on Instagram at Sports TV.
1: All right, thanks very much, Frank, and welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Uh, speaking of which, uh, and I apologize to the reporter who reported this, I always like to give credit, but uh, forgot the name. But uh, the Ivy League is canceled. Uh, their uh, conference tournament. So, uh, yeah, that's the next part of it. And I think it was it uh, was it Princeton or yeah Yale? Yale. It is Yale that uh, just heads to the NCAA tournament. No conference tournament. So they canceled it because of the coronavirus. Wow. And so keep that in mind uh, coming coming forward. Yale, congratulations. They don't cut any nets. <laughs> they just automatically get a bid to the tournament. <laughs> Never seen anything like this before. Okay, so uh, let's let's get into the Tigers' rotation here a little bit. And I gotta say, uh, look, we, we went over the Red Sox. Didn't look great without sale. Went over the Orioles. Also kind of shaky, I would say, going into the year. Dare I say the Tigers' rotation may be better than those two teams? I mean, I don't think it's that impossible. Let's take a look at it, Frank. Um, look, Matthew Boyd's got that good skill set. A lot of swing and miss. A lot of strikeouts there. Uh, Look, there's always going to be hope that Zimmerman can become what the Tigers thought they were getting when they gave him that contract. And he pitched well the other day. He also didn't strike out anybody, so I'm I'm not overly optimistic. Uh, Ivan Nova they brought in. He's an innings eater. They'll trade him in July for sure. Uh, Frank, this is the last shot for Daniel Norris to be something. No question about that. They're not going to give this guy five years. they got kids coming. And then Spencer Turnbull is the name that you turned me on to. Uh, you know, as a possible guy, uh, it seems like at this point they're very happy with the way that he's thrown in the spring. And I got to say, even though he's lost 17 games last year, you may be onto to something there. He could end up being their second best pitcher this year. I think Boyd is definitely their ace. Uh, and we just heard from Ron Gardenhire, uh, Jimenez is the closer. If you're drafting him in fantasy, you have to draft Buck Farmer. That is a done deal, stamp of approval deal. Uh, that that's what we do here on the show. That's that's a one hundred percent certainty at this point going into the season. So, uh, Frank, your thoughts on the rotation of the Tigers?
3: Speaking of the stamp of approval last week, uh, Matthew Boyd earned my stamp of approval as well. Wipeout slider last year. a Patrick Corbin level slider. uh, 238 strikeouts last year. And I would argue that, yeah, you're right. I think that this rotation could potentially be better than the Boston Red Sox without Chris Sale, obviously. The Baltimore Orioles, we know they're a mess. They're probably going to give up 20 home runs to Glaber Torres alone this upcoming season. But I really think that we could see that breakout from Matt Boyd. Not only does he have the slider, he's talked about having improved velocity Velocity, fastball velocity throughout the spring. Uh, there was a report earlier today. I saw an article that he's working on a new curveball. I think the changeup could be a plus pitch for him as well. If we're looking at a four pitch mix, I think that we can get 250 strikeouts at, out of Matt Boyd with solid ratios as well. The wins are going to be hard to come by, obviously because it's the Detroit Tigers. Uh, and then Kyle um, and then uh, Spencer Turnbull, another one that I'm looking at here. He's got some swing and miss. He throws hard. He really just has to um, rein in the command. He's got to, Become better in terms of allowing free passes. You know he can't give up as many walks as he did last year, but the strikeouts are there. Um, We just didn't see it enough consistent. Consistently last year out of Turnbull, but someone who's going super late in drafts, you can get them in your reserve rounds. Uh, And someone that has looked good in the spring, and I know that you had the chance to speak with their catcher, Grayson Griner. We'll hear from him in a little bit. Uh, Had some nice things to say about Turnbull. Uh, And you're absolutely right about everyone else in that rotation. Look, if you don't pick up the slack, there are young guys coming with Casey Mize, Matt Manning as well, Scooball as well, another prospect there who I feel like people aren't talking about enough. Uh, But I think, you know, we have the makings of a solid rotation here, Craig with more help on the way in terms of the prospects in the t- uh, Tigers organization.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt, Frank. Both Mize and Manning are going to make their debut in 2020. That's two rotation spots. It may come later in the season, but if uh, if Zimmer, I don't think that the Tigers are just going to keep hanging on to Zimmerman in this contract. I think eventually they're going to have to punt it. Uh, if he doesn't pitch well. And Nova is a candidate to be traded. Even Boyd is probably a, a, a candidate to be traded with the way the Tigers are going. So uh, Grayson Griner is the Tigers catcher. He is their backup catcher. Uh, and I had a chance to catch up with him yesterday. And we went over their rotation and some of these younger pitchers that are coming to the big league. So uh,
5: let's talk about Cam so far. you have an opportunity to see some time behind the plate. What's it like for uh, it's, you know, just getting your feet wet and um, getting after it again. another year of baseball, um, learning some new pitchers and, and you know honing in some more skills behind the plate. Um, like I said, just kind of getting your feet wet, get back into the baseball mode.
1: Uh, let's talk about what you guys have accomplished thus far this spring. Uh, catchers in a supremely important position on the field. And mm-hmm. What have you seen so far from some of these pitchers?
5: Uh, we have a lot of good, you know, a lot of talent on the mound uh, between guys coming back, newly acquired guys, and guys coming up through minor leagues. It's just... An abundance of talents. Um, guys have got to catch like uh, Schubel, Mize, Manning. The young guys that that are highly touted. They're all uh, they're all very impressive. And then we got Boyd, you know Zimmerman, Norris, uh, Yvonne Nova. Uh, you know, very very pleased and, and impressed with what we've done on the mound so far this spring a lot of focus is on some of those young guys, but mm-hmm. before we do that, let's talk about
1: the 2020 rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some struggles last year, obviously, on and off with different
5: pitchers. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start off with uh, Turnbull a little bit. I want to ask you about him, kind of what you've seen. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that there's like, a breakout coming for him this year. Yeah. Him? Uh, based off what he's done this spring, it's, uh, it's been really good. He's only given up a couple base runners, and um, his stuff's just electric, and it looks like he, he kind of um, really worked this offseason on his control and, you know, his attitude on the mound. He's, he's been lights out this spring and I uh, expect really big things from him this year. Okay, and in terms of uh, some of the other guys, the rest of the rotation, you know, uh, Jordan Zimmerman
1: pitched well the other day. Mm-hmm. He's had his struggles as well. Is there anything different that you're seeing with him at this point?
5: No, Zim, Zim's being Zim. Um, he keeps the ball down. He locates extremely well. Um, you know, the only time he really gets in trouble is when he misses the middle of the plate. And, uh you know what you're going to get out of him he's a bulldog he's a great pitcher he's been doing it a long time so um like i said you, you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him he's he's awesome okay now uh pitcher today pitcher today's cool. a lot of
1: people don't really know about him everyone mm-hmm. talks about manning and they talk about mice. give me a little bit of an arsenal of
5: what we will see from him uh tall lefty extremely funky and uh he can run it up to about 100 so it's um He's very good. He knows what he's doing. He's not a guy that just goes up there and throws as hard as he can. He's he knows what he's doing, what he wants to do, and he's uh, he's been one of the most impressive guys I've, I've caught all spring. Why is it that you think he doesn't get as much attention as maybe Mizer Manning? I guess because of where he got drafted, ninth round. Um, I'm not sure how he fell that that low with the stuff he's got, um, but he's been uh, he carries himself like a professional. He's been he's been fun to work with behind the plate and. Uh, so like I said, he's very talented. Okay, and uh, over to the offense before we wrap. Uh, can you give me a player
1: or two that you've seen so far this spring maybe that looks different than last year or someone that we should be keeping
5: our eye on that could be a surprise this year? Uh, well, the obvious one's Miggy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's been amazing this spring. You know, he's uh transformed body a little bit. He looks amazing. His, his bat speed looks amazing. He, it's just, he's one of the best there is. He's been awesome to watch all spring. And, uh do uh, you think legitimately there's like legit like Biggie from three or four years ago coming back this year? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Travis Samara has had a great spring so far. He's been very impressive. Um, just a lot of excitement about our whole team.
1: All right. And, and uh, Frank, always when you're doing interviews, you got to watch out for the guy in the lawnmower driving by too. That always uh, you know, kind of <laughs> der- der- derail your, your thought process there. Look, I mean, sometimes you have no choice. Uh, Okay, so uh, takeaway from there, uh, everyone seems to be talking very highly of Miguel Cabrera. And, And I mean, at this point, would you bump him up in ADP? I mean, after seeing players and people talking about him over and over again, or still skeptical? I wouldn't blame either way.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'll bump him up a little bit. Like, he's going outside the top 400. I've already taken him in a few spots as a utility, a bench bat, in some of these draft champions leagues right now. He's just going so late. So, you know, instead of taking him at 420, Mm. if you bump him up 50 spots to 375, you're really not missing out on much there. Uh, And I think, look, if nothing else, he's still going to give you batting average. He hit 288 last year. Uh, Can some of the power get back? Can he lift the ball a little bit more? It seems like so far the answer is yes. I mean, hitting two home runs off of Garrett Cole, that is no small task. Ask. Don't want to overreact too much to the spring, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I think it's worth bumping him up a little bit based on where he's going. You know, if you play in a 12-team league, maybe he's the last-round pick in your draft. And if he doesn't work out, you just end up dropping him. But uh, I would want to figure that out with him on my team, just given you know the career that he's had. And obviously, you know, I don't want to write off Miguel Cabrera yet. Uh, it would be really right. fun to see the comeback here. The the other takeaway that I had here, Craig, real quick, um, Scooble, man, I, I feel like not enough people are talking about him. And you asked the question to Griner, and this kid has been phenomenal in the minors, every single level. Last year at Double A. He averaged over 17 Ks per nine. I mean, he's got some really, really nasty stuff, and I think that there's a chance that we could see him this year as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Scooble, uh, Manning, and Mize, and we'll talk about Manning and Mize coming up in the next hour. Uh, The Tigers could have, I mean, if they kept Boyd around, let's just say hypothetically, they could have the strongest rotation in the American League Central. It's certainly possible. And by the way, you can kind of understand and We'll We'll talk about the Indians. I believe we'll do the Indians before. You can kind of understand how the Indians may be looking at this too. They see the White Sox coming. They see the Tigers coming. I mean, there is a chance that if Cleveland, you know, they, Cleveland may have to make a decision which way they want to go here because these other teams are catching up to them and catching up to their rotation pretty quickly. So uh, thanks again to Grayson Grinder. Thanks again to Ron Gardenhire for sharing their thoughts on how the Tigers will look in 2020. Coming up next, we'll go over the uh Tigers win total into 2020. Uh we'll build our story as to whether or not we think they'll go over or under that. We'll talk about some of the options on the Tigers outside the NFBC top 200 ADP and also dive into their top prospects on the pitching end. You're watching Fantasy Sports today here on Sports Grid and we'll be back for hour number 2 right after this. Dailyrodo.com